What happens if occupancy on your condo gets delayed, and do you have any recourse as the buyer? We ask that question and answer it on today's episode as I sat down with returning guest and expert Mark Purdy. So stay tuned for my interview next. Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Okay, it's my pleasure to welcome back to the show uh, for, hmm, I think it might be the third or fourth time, uh, Mark Purdy. Mark, welcome back to the program. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks for having me in. Yeah, and uh, Mark, it's always good to talk to you. Every time that we talk to you, you are somebody who um, helps people save money uh, (laughs) or recover money that is rightfully theirs is maybe a better way to say it. Um, and so today I wanted to bring you on to talk about something new. We usually talk about HST and issues around HST and new condos. Uh, but today we're going to be talking about one of the biggest questions that, uh, investors have when they're buying a new condo is what happens if my condo is delayed? What if I don't get my condo when I'm supposed to get it? Because we all know that delays happen uh, all the time in this industry, in this business. Yes. So... We'll just start there. Um, what happens, Mark? Uh, yeah, well, we can jump off from there. And I'll, I'll just kind of give you an overview. Um, the first thing that everybody should know is that it's covered by the Tarion Warranty Program. There's a special part of the Tarion Warranty that talks about delayed occupancy claims. And when you buy a new construction property, whether it's a condo or a townhome or a fully detached home, there'll be an amendment or an addendum on your purchase and sale agreement that talks about Tarion. I'm sure you've seen that before, Andrew. Absolutely. Yeah. In there, it actually goes through the specifics of how dates are set. And, and builders have the option to either set a firm date or a tentative date. And most will opt to take the tentative date because with a tentative date route, it allows them to react to the reality of the world. You know, things change. You know, you think the build should take you a year or it takes you longer for whatever reason. But it allows them to do that. And effectively what it does is as the build goes forward, the, the Tarion document allows the builder to change the date as often as they like, the tentative date, as long as they give proper notice, right? So if your original date is January 1st, 2017, and the builder as they're building along realizes that they're not going to make that date, as long as they give you 90 days or longer, they can change that date to a future date in the, as they like, okay? okay and they so do. They- so they can change it as many times as they like. They can uh, change but... as many times as they like, as long as they don't go beyond that outside occupancy date. Okay, the outside occupancy date, which is also in the Tarion. Which is right uh, there on that first page of your Tarion document. Page. It goes through and it says, this is your tentative date, this is your outside occupancy date. Okay. And the tentative date is truly when the builder thinks that if everything goes perfect, they should be able to provide occupancy to you for. Now, one of the interesting things for the builder is, especially in condos, there's so many different units, they can't provide occupancy to everybody on the same date. So it's kind of a a juggling act for them. So as they're going along through the build, they start to recognize that this isn't going as fast or this is going too fast. They now fluctuate that tentative occupancy date accordingly. At some point in the build, they get to a point where they say, we know we can give you occupancy on such and such a date that becomes their firm occupancy date. And the firm occupancy date is the most important date, right? Because that's when they've said, we're gonna have have occupancy for you by that date. 
okay? Sometimes they don't hit it. If they don't hit it, then you're eligible for something called delayed occupancy compensation, okay? Or if we go back a step, if they don't give you 90 days notice, then it, that, that original date, so if, if they don't give you 90 days notice from your tentative, your first tentative occupancy date, that becomes your firm occupancy date. And if they miss it, you're entitled to delayed occupancy compensation. Okay, so okay. there is a, a system in place to help compensate the buyer if the builder, for whatever reason, gets behind and fails to notify you. Right, okay. Okay, so you, you're entitled to compensation if they miss your firm occupancy date or if they um, fail to notify you of a change to your tentative occupancy date. Is that, is that right? Exactly. Now, the, the, the underlying principle, at least from, from Terran's perspective, is that, that builders are going to be upfront with you as a purchaser from the very beginning. And that's the whole intention, is to make this seamless. If we're not going to make the date, we're going to tell you. Right. If we're not going to make Makes the sense. next date, we're going to tell you. If yeah. for whatever reason we can't hit that firm date that we, we, we guaranteed you would have, we'll tell you. And we'll also tell you that you're eligible for delayed compensation at that point. It doesn't always happen, but that's the intention behind the program. Right. Okay. right. Where it goes awry, though, is the rules are very specific. And the rules are different for every type of property. And the rules are different at different junctures within the purchase. If you might have purchased the property back in 2009, you were working with the rules that were hatched out in 2008. If you bought it in 2010, you were working with 2009 rules. If you bought it in 2013, you're working with 2012 rules. And unfortunately, there's differences between each one of those addendums. Right. So it becomes very right. difficult for the builder and for the consumer to figure out what rules am I dealing with here? What has to happen when and why? Right. Okay. The other one that becomes a big issue for people is, or where we see the biggest concern for clients is something called unavoidable delay. Have you heard that term before, Andrew? Uh, actually, no, that's a new one, unavoidable delay. I mean, it sounds pretty self-explanatory, but what... It sounds like it's fairly self-explanatory. What would you imagine it means? Uh, well, I guess it would it, it would be maybe a firm occupancy date is set, uh, but maybe something unexpected happens to uh, to to change that date, and like there's a flood or something, and and so they can't get you in the in the unit, something like that. Sort of yes, and sort of no. It's it's, it's typically people think an unavoidable delay is something that I couldn't control. So as a builder, I couldn't control this happening, so it was unavoidable. Right. Okay. That's not what the act says. The Act is very specific, and it gives very specific examples of what an unavoidable delay is. It's things like a strike. If there's a strike that happens, you can't control that, and you can't provide that property on time. Right. If there's a flood, a good example you gave. If there's a fire, if there's an act of war or an act of terrorism, if there's a pandemic, Okay, those are the types of things yeah. we're talking about with regards okay. to avoidable delay. Right. What we're not talking about is we we um, we wanted to give you occupancy on time, but the city couldn't give us the required water pressure on time. Although right. it's not within the builder's purview, they can't control that. Right. It's not one of the things that fits into an unavoidable delay. 
Interesting. That's something you could have planned for. Right. Right? Um, if if you've always bought from ABC Kitchen Supplier and they go out of business, that's not a reason to claim an unavoidable delay. Right. Okay. Right? If the painters, for whatever reason, get sick... And don't finish painting your unit, too bad. That's not an unavoidable delay. Okay. Unfortunately, what a lot of builders are doing, and again, I don't think it's because of any malice, is they're looking at an unavoidable delay and saying, it's something that I couldn't control. So it's an unavoidable delay. I'm going to change your firm date. Right. Or I'm going to change your date because of this. Um, but the act is very specific. If it doesn't meet these specific requirements, it's not an unavoidable delay. Okay, but let's say there is an unavoidable delay, just so you understand it. Let's say that, for instance, I give you a firm date and say that on May 5th, 2014, I'm going to give you occupancy. That's yeah. my firm date. If for whatever reason there's a strike or a flood or a fire, I can send you a notice within a prescribed period of time of when the, the strike or fire or what have you happened saying that I can't give you occupancy on May 5th as a result of ABC happening. And so we are now in, in what's considered an unavoidable delay period. Okay. Okay. And that unavoidable delay period continues until the unavoidable delay is over. So a good example, gotcha. there, was a, there was a strike this, this last summer. Yeah. Okay. So the strike started on May 5th, I believe, and it was over on June 15th. Right. So there's an unavoidable delay period. Right. And now, obviously, I've got the numbers wrong because it was 45 days exactly, because that's all okay. they were allowed to be out of. Okay. So that means that if you, your original date was May 5th, I can now push your firm date ahead by 45 days without having to pay you compensation. And I just say it was an unavoidable delay. It was out of our control. This is what happened, the strike. This right. is when it was over, and I pushed your date ahead 45 days. Right. Okay. Okay. And that's perfectly legit, and, and, and again, it's allowed for within the, the addendum or within the law. But what if the builder or the builder's representative fails to tell you about the strike? Well, if they don't notify you about the strike within 10 days or 20 days, depending on which piece of legislation they're using, whether the 2008, 2009, 2012 rules, if they don't tell you about it, in time, whether it's 10 days or 20 days, then that unavoidable delay is void. Wow. Okay. So it's so the burden is on the builder to notify you of these unavoidable delays, as opposed to telling you after the fact. Yeah. Sorry, we. You're not expected to go yeah. through the Globe Daily to find out what what the status is of the, the local strike. They're right. going to tell you there's a strike and it happened on such and such a date. Right. And when the strike is over, they have 10 or 20 days, depending on which piece of legislation they used to tell you that the strike is over and to give you a new firm date in this case. Got it. Okay. And that new firm date is X number of days in the future. Okay. Right? So if it was May 5th and now we're moving ahead 45 days, then it's June 17th or whatever, and that's your new firm date. Okay. Now, yeah, now let's shift gears and talk about, you know, what most everybody is most interested in hearing. That is what compensation is available, how much compensation is available if, uh, if there's someone out there listening as a purchaser and they have been delayed and they do qualify, um, what compensation is available? How much? And, and you know what? That, that's probably the most important thing because as you can tell, 
this is very confusing and, and specific, and it's hard to understand all the dynamics of this program. But if for whatever reason they miss your firm date, or if you enter into delayed occupancy compensation that period, you're entitled to $150 per day without receipts. Okay. Every day they miss by. Okay. Okay. To a maximum of $7,500. Okay, $150 a day for the every day that they miss that yep. uh, firm occupancy day to a maximum of 7500 Yeah, and regardless of all the other things that we talk about, the maximum you can get is $7,500, and that's tax-free money. Right? Okay. Um, the other thing you can claim is you can claim out-of-pocket expenses. So if I'm buying a property and it's going to be my primary residence, and they've delayed my occupancy by 20 days, and now I have to store my furniture for an extra month, and I have to live in a hotel for 20 days, and I have to put my, my pet in a kennel, I can claim all that cost as well. Okay, wow. So, right. so now I've got 20 days at $150, that's $3,000. But I could easily have another four or $5,000 in expenses attached to just my out-of-pocket. Right. I get to claim that as well. Now, what if you are an investor and you're not moving into it, but you're just, you're, you're uh, it's not your primary residence, you're just uh, going to be renting out the unit? That's important because that's a large percentage of people buying new construction yeah. today. They certainly get to claim the $150 a day again. Yeah. Out of pocket now would be expenses that they had to incur because of their tenant. If, for instance, we had to put up a tenant because their property wasn't available and we had to put them up in a hotel, we can claim that. Right. right? I su- yeah, I suppose get, we're getting highly technical here, but I suppose they'd probably also have to show that they had the right to uh, have a tenant in the unit during the occupancy period because some builders will or won't allow that. Um, so that's another issue. They had a lease signed and that they had an initial date where the person was going to move on on May 5th and and they couldn't, for whatever reason, they would have to be able to show all of that. Right, right. Even if they couldn't claim any of that, they still get to claim that $150 a day. Is there a maximum amount they can claim on the additional expense portion of that? The maximum uh, of the regular is, is up to $7,500, but the, on the additional expenses incurred, is there a max on that? We understand that. So let's say I have 50 days that was missed. So that's $7,500 at $150 a day. Yeah. Okay. And let's say I add on to that another $3,000 in additional expenses. So now I have a total claim of $10,500. I'm still only eligible for a maximum rebate or maximum claim of $7,500. Ah, okay. So all the total expenses together, maximum of $7,500 regardless. We've seen claims where we've put together and, and people have had because of the amount of days that it was missed or because of additional expenses, $21,000, $22,000 in expenses. But again, they're only entitled to $7,500. I see. Good and that's the limit within the program. It's Good gone enough. up significantly. It used to be $100 a day, maximum of $5,000. Now it's $7,500, so that's great. Okay. And... Um... How common is this? I mean, in, from your experience and what you're seeing out there, I mean, delays happen all the time, but how common would it be for delays to actually be d- the type of delays that would qualify for compensation? Is this, is this a rare thing, or do you, you see it a lot? We, um, 
we got involved in this because a, a client had approached us about it and said, you know, do you know anything about this? Can you help us? So we went in, we looked into it, and lo and behold, yes, they had a claim. Um, it was interesting because the builder was being upfront with them, and, and they told them, you know, you're entitled to eight days' worth of compensation because we, we made a mistake through the process. When we really investigated the, the background of that build and, and that personal's that person's occupancy date, they were actually entitled to more than that. They were entitled to $7,500. They had about $9,000 in total expenses. Although the builder was being upfront saying you have eight days, they were incorrect. They were incorrect. They calculated it wrong. There was actually right. 22 days in this case, but then there was all these additional costs mm -hmm. that the buyer had incurred because they couldn't move in on time. So right, all of a sudden right. they were entitled to $7,500. So that's your question. We're yeah. guessing based on the amount of HST claims that we look at. When we look at the HST claims, I'm going to say 40 to 50% of the claims that I look at, there's likely delayed occupancy claim. Wow. The yeah. issue is timing. Right. Because they can only make that claim within a year of getting occupancy. Ah, very important. Yeah. Okay. So within one year of occupancy you must uh you must make a claim, otherwise you're out of luck. Critical date. If it's a year and a day, the builder doesn't have to process the claim. And so they don't. Right. But if it's a year, then they have to review the claim. Okay. Okay. Where now? It's all you know, as anything sort of in a big industry like this, regulated, and you've got governments involved and whatnot. Uh, it's it's always complicated. But if somebody wanted to learn more about this or research or like, where have you found the most uh, the best spot to? Other than obviously someone calling you and speaking to you, but if somebody's looking online, where should they go? Just go to Terion's website to learn more about this, or addendum that comes with your purchase and sale agreement is very, very specific. It actually goes through the rules very well. Um, it, takes you, it takes you a good two or three reads before you can yeah. understand all the dynamics of what's happening. Right. Because there's this date and there's that date and this has to be done by this time and if this doesn't happen, this happens. And, and right. that gets right. fairly confusing. You almost have to write it all down and, and put it in a flow chart. Yeah. The other option is you can call Terry on directly. And if you can call Terry on directly, they will walk through your situation. And their attitude is, if you think you might be eligible, make a claim that doesn't cost you anything. Right, right. Good, good, important point to know. So you can always make a claim. You can apply. There's no guarantee when you make a claim you're going to get anything, but that's, right. that's, that's how you get the process started. Now, the only caveat, though, is you only get one shot. And this is where it becomes challenging. So if Andrew thinks he has a claim, and he goes ahead and he makes a claim for $1,200, and then later realizes that, oops, I should have actually made a claim for $7,500, you can't go back and make another claim. Good to know. One shot. Make sure it's right. <laughs> make sure. Make sure that you fully understand this program. And that's where right. it becomes really difficult for the consumer. Right, Because you may look at it, and again, if we go back to that first example where the client was told they had eight days, well, if they'd made that claim for eight days, they would have gotten $1,200. And they would have left $6,300 on the table. Right. Now, they may never have found that out, but you only get one shot, so you want to make sure you get it right. Absolutely. And I'm sure that uh, 
calling somebody like you to help them with that would be a great way to make sure they get it right. Yeah, and, and you know, like 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 with the HST services, we will certainly advise people. You know, if people want to call us up, we can talk them through. We can tell them what we think. We can give them advice. If they want us to make the application for them, we'll, we'll charge them at that point. But if not, advice is free. Right. right? Great. We don't mind yeah. talking to people and saying, well, here's what I think. Based on what you're telling me, here's what I think. Right? What I would Great. suggest to most people is, you know, the bird's eye view of what might be a claim and what might not be a claim. Are there some key indicators from my perspective? First thing was, did you ever get a notice of unavoidable delay? Because if you did, chances are it's wrong. I'm not going to say it's wrong all the time, but chances are the use or the the way the unavoidable delay was told to you or what they used as an unavoidable delay is probably wrong. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good tip. Did they take significantly longer to build the, the unit than you expected? You know, if they said it was going to be done in 2014 and 2016 comes along and you still haven't got occupancy, chances are there's a claim. Right? Did they right. change yep. the dates a lot? Because if they change the dates a lot, someone's going to make a mistake. Right? Okay. Another one is, did you get occupancy beyond the outside occupancy date? Right, right. That's an obvious one, yeah. That's an obvious one. If they gave you occupancy outside of that unavoidable or outside the the outside occupancy date, unless there's an amendment to the agreement, there's occupancy claim there. Right. And then the the other one I would look at is the firm date. If you were given a firm date and then they gave you another firm date or they amended that firm date, there has to be a legal document amending that. So if there's a change to that firm date, we should talk. That's great. Well, thank you, Mark. Um, just we're running out of time here, but it's been a great conversation as always. If people want to get a hold of you, um, like you said, advice is free. You've always been very helpful to um, to uh, many True Condos uh, clients and, and podcast listeners to help them. What's the best way to, for people to uh, to reach you? Well, one way, obviously, is they can always go through you. Um, yeah. They can go to our website, which is rentalrebate.ca. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can call me direct at 905-544-5464. They can send us an email at info at rentalrebate.ca. We're always available. And like I said, that sort of information is free and it should be free. And and not to discount, they can call the carry-on as well. Absolutely, yeah. The only challenge I would say with carry-on is not always the easiest to get someone on the phone. Right. But they're busy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but when you do get them on the phone, they're wonderful people. They're very helpful. They'll, they'll explain everything. They'll go through your specific situation and, and give you their bird's eye view of what they think. Okay, but it's certainly something that, when I look from where we are, a lot of people aren't taking advantage of this. It's a program that's designed for them. It's, it's designed to, to help alleviate the concern and the stress of what if the build goes late and the expense of if it goes late, and nobody seems to be taking advantage of this and, and, and claiming what's right, rightfully theirs. Great. Well, thank you very much, Mark. Appreciate it as always, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good. Thanks, Andrew. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.